0: And I have brought some slides with me uh, to hopefully leave an impression that will cause you to really think beyond any place you've ever been. Kingdom thinking is something that has radically changed me from the inside out. And there's a difference between... I'm going to say some radical things. (laughs) There's a difference between... Salvation thinking and kingdom thinking. I'm going to let that sink in. Salvation is the greatest necessity for the believer. In fact, it is the tool in our hands to go out and win the loss. But when you've become born again, you must shift from salvation thinking to kingdom thinking. Because it is a completely different system of ethics, economics, (laughs) you can even say political positions, strategic thinking. It is the complete opposite of the world system. In fact, the world is nothing more than a, a copycat of what kingdom thinking really is. Satan himself can appear as an angel of light. So he tries to imitate whatever the kingdom is, but it's false. So he's created this world system and the structures that have been set up are nothing more than copies of what the kingdom is. But the problem is, is when we buy into the world system, we become a slave to the system. Never truly experiencing the economy that God has called us to establish in our hearts, and it to become an outflow into this world that he himself gave us. Kingdom thinking. It will radically change you from the inside out. Cause you to see things clearer than you've ever seen before. Your perspective will change. I was actually inspired to write a book that deals with Thoughts that can become prisons. Anybody ever felt like you were trapped by your thoughts? (laughs) I tell people this because it's true. Some of the greatest wars that have ever been fought were never on the battlefields of World War I, II, Gettysburg. And you can name thousands more. The greatest battles and wars ever fought are in the mind. I would rather fight a thousand men than to have to fight some of the traps and thoughts that would go on in my own reasoning. Prisons. So I wrote this book called Breaking Mental Traps. Because I'm convinced that we are now in the days where God's kingdom is about to impact this planet like never before. Say amen. Amen. And I've come to challenge you to the very core of your reasoning, of your thinking, to get out of the box because God is not in a box. Say amen again. And to begin to dare to believe and imagine for the more because that's what God expects. He wants a total overhaul, a radical takeover of the territory that was originally ours in the first place. And we have to start with the mind. So I would actually like to give a book to someone tonight. If you can quote real fast, Jeremiah 29, 11, anybody. <laughs> Sister, you stand up. I'm gonna give it to you. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> that was the quickest I've ever heard that in my life. <laughs> so kingdom thinking. It's kingdom to time God's way by design There are four things that time are If we're going to really get into kingdom thinking, we have to recognize that we are driven instinctually by these four things, identity, purpose, vision, and direction. I'll say that again. We are driven instinctually by these four things, identity, purpose, vision, and direction. I work for an organization called the Lord's gym. And we've touched thousands of men's lives in the time that I've been there in the last four years. And in every scenario, every man that I've ever come across, and when I get a chance to meet, whether it's his children, his girlfriend, his baby's mama, <laughs> and the list goes on, every single human has wrestled with these four things. And when you're living your life and you don't really understand what your identity is, you're experimenting with your life. Because every, every single one of us instinctually wants to identify with something. We're driven to want to identify with something. We want to know that we are valued and that we can actually add value to others. It's in our instinct. You know why? Because the Bible teaches me, teaches us that God is what? Say it loud. Who knows the answer? One more time. Good. Love. I hear God is love. God is love. And because God is love, that means that the nature of love is to give and to receive in fellowship with no motive other than to see the absolute best come to the forefront of whatever is being reciprocated and given. That's the nature of love. So we are instinctually driven to want to identify with something. And when your identity is not clear, you're experimenting with your life. He tells us in his word that the traditions of man can make the word of God invalid, void. If you're identifying with wrong theology, then your identity in Christ is being stifled because of Bad theology that you're identifying with. You see, we can get so caught up in our denominations and our traditions that we reject the kingdom. Because the kingdom is not a religion. The kingdom is not a political position. The kingdom is not some quick click to get into. The kingdom is everything. And when your perception about the kingdom is confused with religion, we have nothing but wounded, broken people. And I've heard this so many times. I'm not going to church because they're full of a bunch of hypocrites, liars, backstabbers and the list. Anybody ever heard that before? That's because people have kingdom and religion confused and the perception is skewed. Let's do an example in here. I'm going to ask you a question. And, and, and I, you can already tell I like participation. And I want an answer. It's either going to be yes or no. Do you believe you have a spirit? Yes. <laughs> Everybody, 99.9% of the time, says that answer when I first asked the question. Say the word perception. Say it again. Perception. Perception is everything because whatever we perceive is the reality that we live out of. Whatever we perceive is the reality that we live out of and we have our confidence in. Pastor Van, come here for a second, brother. Let me ask you a question. Okay, what is this? The Bible. Do you have it right now? Uh, no. No. Do you have it now? I do. Okay, now that you have it, did it instantaneously by osmosis become you? No. But you have it, right? I have it, yes. Thank you. You're welcome. There you go. You can can go sit down. (laughs) You see, as long as we perceive that we have something, we automatically infer that what we have, according to perception, is not us. When we perceive that we have something, I have this, I have my coat, I have my car, I have my keys, I have my house. There is an inference in our perception that says, I have these things, but these things are not me. And if my perception is that I merely have these things, but they're not me, my confidence in those things is limited I say you do not have a spirit because you are a spirit that lives in a body that has a soul. You are a spirit that has a body, lives in a body, and has a soul. Perception, you got to stay with me. Perception. You see, I'm trying to get our confidence to shift from a different perspective. If we're ever really going to get into kingdom thinking, we've got to have a shift in the perception of what we confess we have versus what we are. He tells us another example. The church. (laughs) Who in here likes going to church? Say amen. How can you go to what you are? How can you go to what you are? How many people have you spoken to that said, "I don't want to go to church because A, B, C, D, E, F, G," and then you were stuck. You wanted to quote a scripture, but then you don't want to offend them anymore, and you want to try to go around the back door and try to figure out. Well, I don't want to make them feel like I'm being churchy. Oh, come on now. <laughs> And the confusion comes in, and in that moment, we begin to taste the lack of confidence that we really should have in that moment. Because our perception is in that moment, if I can only get them to church, but you don't have enough confidence that you are the church. Kingdom perception of what you are. Look at your neighbor say, neighbor. You do not have a spirit, because you are a spirit. Now let's put some word on it. <laughs> let's put some word on it. If we go all the way back to Genesis chapter 2, it said And the Lord God formed who out of the dust of the ground? Who? Let me see who's a who's astute in the word. Adam. <laughs> formed man, Adam, out of the dust of the ground. So he's standing there like this. (laughs) Question When he's standing here like this, is he alive? Why not? He hadn't breathed what he is, the Father, into the body. So, question (laughs) Did Adam have a spirit or was Adam a spirit? Come on. Adam is a spirit. Oh, come on. Yeah, I said, we got to get out of the box (laughs) because I heard some answers say, what was means he's no more. You know what? Adam is still alive. (laughs) We're talking about kingdom thinking. Kingdom thinking is so far out of the box that it causes you to recognize the fear that you have and you have to make a choice that you're going to let it go based on the word of God. Theology will have you thinking only in physical terms and not from an eternal perspective. We're talking about kingdom principles and perceptions that will radically change, first and foremost, you from the inside out. And then when you begin to go out into the highways and the byways and you want to get people to come to fellowship, oh, there's a new term. (laughs) You see, I don't go to church no more, Pastor Van. I come to fellowship. And when I'm out here and I'm witnessing somebody and they may say, hey, you know, can we go to church? I say, I'm here. And I hear some chuckles out there. But your perception, if it doesn't change (laughs) in the face of having to evangelize somebody that has church confused with religion, you won't be confident enough to just love them because all of the church is right there with them in that moment. We just want to give them become fellowship because when we fellowship together, we get to worship together. We get to lift up our king together. And there's an atmosphere that is created that is absolutely powerful. But he wants us to be those ambassadors. He wants us to be those representatives that are going out into the world and making that difference because we are fully embodied as the church. Because we are Spirit we have to begin to really deal with these things before we can really get into kingdom thinking, because you got to know what you are before you can really know who you are. So I've got a few questions here. It says, what am I thinking? And I put mind and perception because the body of Christ has to get out of this, this, this mentality that God doesn't want us to actually think and be creative and be imaginative. Of course, within His will, and His will is incomprehensible. It's it's so broad and so far that there's no way you can say, "Well, you know, I, there's no room to move and do anything." Ah, oh, that's just a cry. You got more freedom in Christ than, in, than than in the world at all, in any time. We've got to understand. That our mind and our perception has to be dealt with if we're going to understand what are we thinking. The second thing: where am I from? You got to understand your history and your heritage. Your history and your heritage. How many people in here have an Irish descent? Any Indian? The <laughs> list could go on and on and on. So we're talking about history, and we're also talking about identifying with the history, right? A heritage. I'm actually setting you up right now, so let's keep going. What am I? Again, identity. The next one is, why am I here? My purpose. What is my purpose in life? Where am I going? The vision. What do I see that is further than my natural eyes can look? I got to have a vision. And how do I get there? The direction. Which way do I go? All of these things everybody on the planet is actually looking for the believer and the non-believer are all looking for the the answers to these particular questions and for the believer if we're willing to believe God for the more these answers come quicker than what you believe hmm my goodness gracious I'm going to try to do my best to to get through this as, as quick as I can I wrote this this quote I was sitting and I was thinking about well, what is my history? You know, Lord, what, what am I? What am I entitled to? Because I, I know according to your word, there's some things that you're saying that I'm entitled to as a son of God. So this quote came to my mind when history is veiled, heritage is lost. When history is veiled, heritage is lost. So I had to get the definition of the word heritage. It says property that is or can be inherited, an inheritance. Point number two, something that is passed down from preceding generations, a tradition. Point number three, the status acquired by a person through birth, a birthright, a heritage of affluence and social position. I got so excited when I was reading this because there were so many Moments that were going through my mind when I remembered Jesus having conversations with people. I was thinking, all of this is in heritage and the word is backing this up. The Holy Spirit's bringing it to my remembrance. Well, let's look at some scriptures right now. We're going to go to John chapter three. Anybody remember Nick at night? <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about. Not Nickelodeon. <laughs> Nick at night. Let's look at John chapter three, beginning in verse one. It says, Now there was a certain man among the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler, a leader and authority among the Jews, who came to Jesus at night and said to him, Rabbi, we know and are certain that you have come from God as a teacher. For no one can do these signs, these wonder works, these miracles, and produce the proofs that you do unless God is with him. Verse 3, Jesus answered him, I assure you, most solemnly I tell you. That unless a person is born again, anew from above, he cannot ever see, know, be acquainted with, and experience the kingdom of God. Verse 4 Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter his mother's womb again and be born? Jesus answered, I assure you. He said, Look, man. <laughs> Most solemnly, I tell you, unless a man is born of water and the spirit, he cannot ever enter the kingdom of God. What is born of from the flesh is flesh of the physical is physical. And what is born of the spirit is spirit. This right here is beautiful because we hear heritage in this right now. We hear history in this right now. Now, here's here's a great question. It's going to sound really silly. Who in here was born? (laughs) I know, just entertain me. It's silly. And whatever the culture is that you grew up in, whatever the customs are that that you were exposed to, the conversations that you had, whether mom and dad or just mom or just dad or maybe grandma or an aunt and uncle, it doesn't matter. Whoever raised you as a child, maybe you were adopted. Wherever you were born and whatever you were exposed to and cultivated in, all of that gave you your identity and your history and your heritage. And that's limited because we're only focusing at that point on a physical location that is here on earth with a certain group of people. I challenged my black brothers and sisters and some of uh, the quote unquote black church. (laughs) And I said, if you limit your history and your heritage to Africa, you're still trapped in the web that Satan has woven of segregation, hatred and division To the core and fabric of what humanity is supposed to operate out of. And so identifying with a culture from a different continent is not enough. We can see clearly here when Jesus was talking to Nicodemus. He was saying look Nick you got to go way beyond just being born of the flesh. There is a birth that has to happen That will take you all the way back to the source. To the dawn of mankind. And even in the the establishment of the physical structure of Adam. The first human being. That first shell is not even close. To the real history and the heritage that Adam came from. There's a reason why he said he had to be born of water and spirit. It's because until the spirit, what we are, can identify with the spirit, what he is, our history is veiled. Our heritage is veiled. Because if I come from God, that means that whatever heaven is, maybe that's where I come from. Oh, somebody better say amen. And when he starts talking about kingdom and right here in this conversation, it had everything to do with the kingdom. Both births that Jesus was talking about being born of the flesh and born of the spirit. All of this revolved around the centerpiece of this whole conversation. When Jesus was saying, look, you can't even see the kingdom unless you're born again. You can't enter it unless you're born of water and spirit. And it all comes down to the kingdom, the kingdom, the kingdom, the kingdom. Do you you realize that in this conversation, Jesus wasn't talking to him about him dying on the cross? Do you realize he wasn't talking to Nick about the word salvation? He was talking to him about the kingdom. Jesus's mission should never get confused with Jesus's message. Did you hear what I just said? His mission was to die on the cross. His message, everything he talked about was the kingdom, the kingdom, the kingdom, the kingdom. said, it. The king said the kingdom, the kingdom, the kingdom. And until we begin to understand that Jesus whole intent for the loss was to begin to number one, be saved after, you know, after he raised from the grave. Yeah, get saved. But you got to hear this. There is a different system at hand. Oh boy. He went on, in the scriptures, it was Isaiah. He said, For unto us a child is born, a son is given, and the government of what? The kingdom shall be upon his. Oh, good God Almighty, Jesus' shoulders is big. And you and I were created to grab hold of this kingdom, get in the kingdom so we can go out into the world and change everything. Uh, good God Almighty. Let's, 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 let's keep going. Let's keep going. I have another slide for you. Foundation of man and what he has. Genesis one twenty six verse 27. It says, God said, Let us, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, make mankind in our image after our likeness, and let them have complete, some translations say authority, other translations say dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, the tame beasts, and over all the earth, and over everything that creeps upon the earth. Verse 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image and likeness of God, he created him, male and female. He created who? Say it loud. Ladies, them includes you. Say amen. Amen. The one being that God never said that man was supposed to control was another person, another man. He was never supposed to control woman. The woman is not less than the man. Y'all need to say amen. amen. When he said let them have dominion, he was talking about that woman and that man. He said they both have the same ability to move in the earth as representatives of my kingdom. That means they can get out here just as much as the male. And get the job done because they are spirit before they're male and female. Say amen again. So that means that in the believer, in the born again believer. There should never be a lack of confidence when your your perception has shifted from religious doctrine to kingdom theology. That's when the scripture says that he has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. That is for the person who is thinking kingdom minded. That means that you become an instant demon slayer and you can begin to go out into the highways and the byways and you can cast down everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Shout amen. This kingdom message will change everything in your life. You can walk up to addicts and demand in the name of Jesus, get off of him, get off of her. You can walk up to people who are caught up in any perversion and you can say in the name of Jesus, be free and watch the sun set them free. This authority was given to you and I to go out here and change businesses. It was given to you and I to go out here and change homes. It was given to you and I to go out here and and go ahead and, and be creative in how we build new sanctuaries for the purposes of the kingdom. Because it says that the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous. So we're not supposed to be afraid of advancing financially in the kingdom. There are people that won't get it if we don't step up to the plate as sons and daughters of the most high God who are kingdom citizens and get out here and really live. We're supposed to be at the top. In humility. In love. Because those are the things that will guard our heart. But we're never supposed to bow down to the wicked one and his system. And the only way that happens is to take on a kingdom mentality. And I'm going to reiterate this. The way we do that is you've got to understand your history. You've got to understand your heritage. You've got to understand where you're from and you've got to understand what you've been given. Say history and heritage. Let's look at some more scripture. I'm going to go over Genesis chapter two one more time is the long search for identity Genesis chapter 2 the Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and the man became a living creature there are four points I want us to focus on one man is a composite of dust and spirit number two man was both bara created and asa made both created and made Barah is a Hebrew word to create from nothing. That thing, that'll fry your noodle if you think about it too long. Asa means to make from something already created. (laughs) You're just too daggone big. When you consider the creativity that goes into. Man, and I'm just talking about the physical form right now. Do you realize that it is in your nature because you come from God to be creative? Anybody ever, ever thought there's got to be more to life than just this? You know where that comes from? It comes from that which is eternal crying out to that which is eternal in the body you're living in. That's why that thing is always there. There's got to be more of the life than this. And your age has nothing to do with it. Because it ever cries out. It ever cries out that there's got to be more. And that's because there is no end. There is no limit to God and what he can do. And what he can do through you. Say, God. God you, can you can do anything. Through me. Through me. And, my and my seed. And I'm going to trust you. Say, Amen you see that that eternal thing is, is, is crying out to you. God wants to do such an, an extraordinary work right here in this fellowship of believers that this entire city is going to be turned upside down. I don't think they heard me, Pastor Van. You see, I'm, 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 I'm releasing a word right now. I'm, I'm bringing a confirmation to things that have already been established. And I'm telling you right now, welcome to the new season. Oh, you heard me that time. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the new season. You literally, in this moment, you all have stepped into what God is about to really release in this region. And they're not going to be able to, to, to contain it. You all, y'all going to start seeing demons running out of places. No? Mm-hmm. You see, last time I checked, when the kingdom comes, it ain't coming to play. It says that it comes with demonstration of power. Did you hear that? Anybody want to see the power of God manifest? Then that means that you've got to agree with your perception changing from what you thought you used to have to what you are. Say, I don't have a spirit. Because I am a spirit. Oh boy. Okay, which path do I take in life? Psalm 1611 says, you make known to me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. That's a sweet thing right there. Anybody want to be at the right hand of God? Do you realize he tells us that we are seated in heavenly places with who? Jesus. He said we're seated in heavenly places with Jesus. If we're seated in heavenly places with Jesus, that means that what I am is now in tune with what he is. So that means that I can be in two places at one time. Say amen. amen. <laughs> I'm located here on earth, but I'm seated with Christ in heavenly places. And if I'm connected to the source, that means that there's an endless supply that is whoo! good God almighty. Hmm. I'm, stay on track. How do I know which path is the right one? Proverbs 14, 12. There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. You see, when we get caught up in the physical so much, we make a lot of plans and we want to do a lot of things. But it always ends up in ruin. When it's when the perspective is based out of just physical things getting done. You see, it has to be birthed in the spirit first. It has to be birthed in the spirit first. It, what we're sitting in right now was once in somebody's mind. It was an imagination. When did y'all acquire this building? 2006. Y'all didn't build this from the ground up, did you? Yeah, we did. You did? Yes, Where did that idea come from? God. And, and did, he, did he show you that? Yeah. So this was in a physical realm. So this was in a physical realm because it was birthed in the spirit first. So now we're reaping the benefits of a spiritual idea that came through a physical man. (laughs) When you're born again, That means that you now have to become an infant to everything that you thought you knew physically. And everything that you've identified with has to be let go. Because as long as you continue to identify with what you thought you knew, all of your worth and your value is placed in what you're identifying with. Well, what if what you're identifying with is wrong? What if what you're identifying with is causing you to have doubt and fear about what you could do? What if what you're identifying with is telling you that that's just too much, you're not that smart, you're not that special, no that's only for a special group. But what if what if everything you're identifying with is telling you that you should never step out of the box but just stay here? Then your imagination is limited and what is Or can be birthed in your imagination. Will never be experienced in the physical. What is inside of an apple seed? Talk to me. A what? Apple tree. Is that it? More apples. What else? Another tree. We're talking about one seed, right? So we're talking about the principle Of what could be. So if God took one seed, an apple seed, and stuffed it with an entire orchard. Oh, come on now. He took a small seed, stuffed it with an orchard, and said, all it needs to do is be cultivated. What's inside of it, if it's put in the right environment, will eventually come out and be a benefit for many. So if God started that principle with the seed... What the heck is on the inside of you? What if you're, <laughs> if the seed is put in the right environment, <laughs> it's put in the right soil and cultivated, it's going to do what it, what it has potential to do. Well, what if the believer is reconnected to the king and his kingdom? Oh, my God. <laughs> hmm. Let's keep going. How much time I got, brother? (laughs) Psalm 115, 16. It says, the heavens are the Lord's heavens, but the earth he has given to who? The who? Say say it with some confidence. What? Mm, He's given the earth to the children. God, this is in Psalms And and it was talked about in Genesis in the beginning when God said, let us make man in our image and likeness, let them have dominion. He said, look, I gave this whole thing to you, to my body. But these days, because the body is so bound up in the traditions of man and bound up in religion, we're running around fearful and allowing politics to rule the day. Political systems that are full of demons. Wicked agendas loosed in the earth while the children of the kingdom sit quietly, never really acting on what they are. But what if, what if, what if our perception changes? What if we begin to really believe God at his word? What if we really believe that, you know what? There is so much of what God is on the inside of me that I'm willing to go ahead and step on out there and not run away from my Nineveh again. What's going to happen in my neighborhood? Your neighbor's going to start to change. You're going to find convenient ways to just love them through acts of service. And they're going to see your life in a completely different way. Because you're going to see a manifestation of the power of God. You see, you're a believer and you're equipped to go meet the needs of those. Not just physical needs, but meet the needs of those that are broken. With depression, with fear, with anxiety. People who are, who are beat up with all sorts of, of just... Diseases and, 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 and anything you can think of that would come from the wicked one. You are equipped to go to them and love them right out of that situation. You know why people got healed by Jesus? It wasn't because of some magical potion. It was because he loved them. Every miracle that happened was because he loved them. He knew who he was. And he loved them. The problem with the body is we haven't learned who we are yet. We do real good with creating programs and reaching out and doing things for people, but we still struggle with who we are. Well, I want to be like Jesus. I don't want to just be able to be a part of another program or create another program and do things. I want to know who I am. So when I go out and do things, there's a genuine manifestation of the kingdom of God in power that grabs hold of that life and snatches them right out of the hand of the enemy. This place is going to be flooded with people who will come in one way and leave out filled with the Holy Ghost, ready to do damage to Satan and his kingdom. Hmm. Say this, God has given me this planet. And I'm going to do right by him. You see, you got to have the positive confession. I was, I was telling a couple people, and I think I mentioned this to you, Pastor Van. I finally got to a point point in my life where I'm when I pray, I'm done praying the problem. I'm done praying the problem. I'm praying the victory. <laughs> I'm praying the answer. I'm praying the solution. Anybody ever prayed this prayer? Oh God, I got fired from my job, rent's due, gas and electric's about to get cut off, they're going to repossess the car, Aunt Sully, oh God, it's so hard, I just need you to show up and help. Anybody ever been in there before? Praying the problem and ignoring the answer. Praise God. They let me go because you're about to give me a brand new one. Thank you, Jesus, that I'm about to have all these bills paid because I got to go over here and bless my neighbor today. And you made the way. Thank you, Lord. See, praying the problem is never going to get you the kingdom result. But when you choose to change the way you've been thinking, like Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, good God almighty. This is be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you would prove what is the good, perfect and pleasing will of God. You see, I want to prove what the good, pleasing and perfect will of God is. The only way that's going to happen is I got to be willing to say this old dad stinking thinking is over. I'm going to take on a kingdom mentality today in Jesus name. And when we get on that and we get on that intentionally, I said intentionally. Because a lot of people don't want to do it intentionally. Yeah, it sounds good right now, but go out there and get hit with a big problem. We're going to see what's really in your heart. You got to really dig in and stand your ground and say, I will not, I will not have a negative confession. I do not believe that the unfavorable circumstances are for my, my, my destruction, but they always work for my good. That's what my daddy said. He said, all things work to the good of those that believe good God almighty. I believe. So thank you, Lord. This is an opportunity to go out here and snatch another soul for the kingdom of God. And I'm going to go ahead and move forward in my blessing. That's got to be intentional and that will get proven in adversity. Don't miss that last part. It will get proven in adversity. On individual circumstances, that thing will get proven in adversity. But if you stand your ground and you be a man or woman of intention, be intentional in your thinking, you will never, ever be the victim again. Hmm. Isaiah 54 and 17 says, but no weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. Say amen. Amen. And every tongue that shall rise against you in judgment, you shall show to be in the wrong. Who's going to show it to be in the wrong? Say me. Me. Who's going to show it to be in the wrong? You see, God ain't going to show up and show it to be in the wrong. No, you're going to show up and show it to be in the wrong. Say amen. Amen. This peace, righteousness, security, triumph over opposition is the heritage. There's that word again. Is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. Those in whom the ideal servant of the Lord is reproduced. This is the righteousness or the vindication. Somebody shout vindication. Yeah. Which they obtained from me. This is that which I impart to them as their justification, says the Lord Almighty. Good God Almighty, you got a heritage that's not from this earth, but it comes from heaven on all. Oh, good God Almighty. When you agree with what Jesus said, whom the Son has set free is free indeed, you can shout hallelujah, get your sword up, and go to battle. Say amen. amen goodness gracious. He has not called us to be cowards. And if you don't have a kingdom mentality, you will never walk in this. Christianese ain't going to get it done. You got to step up and step out in the name of the King. We serve him. We serve the living God. Do you understand what I'm saying? Do you understand the words that are coming out my mouth? That we serve the living God. He's not dead. I love that movie. I love it. God's not dead. He is surely alive. And when my heart is fixed and filled with that word, there is no demon in hell that's bad enough to stop Kevin Johnson from doing what his daddy said. You going to get on that boat? Say amen. Hmm. Let's go to, brother. am I, am I past my time, brother? <laughs> First Kings chapter 8, verse 51. For they are your people and your heritage. There's that word again. Which you brought out of Egypt from the midst of the iron furnace. You ever felt like your life was being burned with an iron furnace? I know I have. (laughs) I've been in some trials and tribulations. I've been in some things that it was like, you know what? Before I took on the kingdom mentality, surely this thing is going to kill me. But as I'm reminded of his word and I begin to think about my identity, you see, i become intentional about saying, you know what? Hold up. I see this adverse situation, but what am I identifying with? I feel this internal struggle trying to rise up. But first of all, before I allow it to own my emotions... And let my emotions take me someplace that emotions should never take you? Let me see what I'm, what am I about to agree with? What am I about to identify with in this adversity? Whether it's an outside circumstance that I didn't create and I have no control over. Or whether it's an internal thing that I might be wrestling with. First of all, what am I identifying with? And if it is not anything that is in Christ, now intentionally I say in the name of Jesus. I command my soul to be still and to trust the living God. And then I keep it moving. I keep it moving and my breakthrough always shows up. It always shows up. God did not cause you to be in a place of brokenness. That's what sin did. He came to set you free today. I don't know who that's for personally, but I'm telling you right now, God did everything that he did. Letting his son die so you can actually realize that you have a right to have a brand new life. That you can be free. That you can be healed. That you can be whole. Mm. Goodness gracious. Praise the worship team, come on up. Psalm 127, verse three, behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. There's that word again, the fruit of the womb, a reward. You know what I realized when I read the scripture, when it says, behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. Immediately, I I disassociated myself from that heritage in this scripture because I, I started to think about my own children. How many people in here have children? When I read this, I I thought about my own children and I thought, you know, Lord, my children are a heritage from you. You know what he reminded me of? He said, don't forget, you're a children too. He said, you're a children too. Don't forget that you're my heritage. Oh, come on, see that perspective. Look at how God's looking at you. When God looks at you, he doesn't see an incomplete person. He looks at you and he says, you are my heritage. And I'm I'm so proud of you. I love you. And I want to walk with you and guide you and bring you to a place of wholeness because you're my heritage. Heaven is where we come from. Our history is there. God gave us an inheritance. He called it earth. And he said dominate. As representatives from where you come from. You get to know God. You get to know yourself. And all of this. That's exactly what I'm saying to you. At this time. We're going to spend some time worshiping. Stend to your feet all over the sanctuary. And I want you to really consider what you've heard today in the message. And with everything that you are, be intentional in your worship. Be intentional about thinking about some of the things that you've heard as you're worshiping the living God. That word to set up in your heart and change you, beginning in your mind, then you'll begin to confess it out your mouth, and you'll see the kingdom established. Let's worship.